Proverbs 15 tonight, and uh, I, I want to pick up reading in verse number 13. Let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word. Proverbs 15, verse number 13, and I'll read several verses to you here. Proverbs 15, verse number 13 says this, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. Boy, that's a good verse right there. Uh, that verse is, is, is a powerful verse, and yet we read past it so many times. But if you want to know how to have a happy life, that verse just give it to you. Look again what it says. It says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. The heart of them that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of the merry heart hath a continual feast. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Uh, I'm not going to take time to go into the depths of that, that verse, but man, if you would apply that verse right there to your heart, I'm telling you, the, the Proverbs is, is one of the wisest books in the Bible. Listen to what he said again. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. How many people do you know that is absolutely loaded, but they're full of trouble? They're, they're, they're just miserable. They're miserable. Let's read on. He says in verse 17, Better is a dinner of herbs uh, where love is than a stout ox and a hatred therewith. In other words, he says it's better to eat some vegetables out of the garden than to eat filet mignon if it's made with love. It's, you know what he's, he's emphasizing? The simpleness of life is what he's emphasizing. Verse 18, A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. The way of the slothful man is as an hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despiseth his mother. Folly is joy to him that um, despiseth of wisdom, but a man of understanding walketh uprightly. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, but a word spoken in due season, how good is it? The way of life is above to the wise, that he may depart from hell beneath. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the border of the widow. Father, I pray over the next few minutes, God, that you'd help us as we look into your word. I pray, God, that you'd help us, Lord, to rightly divide it tonight. Father, may we get understanding from thy word, God. Father, may we know more about you when we leave tonight. Father, we'll be careful to give you the thanks, God, for it's in your son's name we pray it. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to talk to you 20 or 30 minutes tonight on this simple thought. How to relieve stress and tension in the house. How to relieve stress and tension in the house. And now, let me say it this way, or in the home. Now, I'm not talking about how to go home and relieve your stress and your tension on everybody at the house. Are you with me right there? I'm talking about having a stress-free or a tension-free home. And um, I want to say this to you tonight. There is a difference between a house and a home. There's a lot of people got a house, but very few people have a home. 
You said, Preacher, what's the difference? There's a big difference. And if you've got a home, you understand what a home is versus a house. I'm glad that I've got a home tonight to go home to and not just a house to go to after service. So if you'll notice in, in verse 13, there's the word sorrow. In verse 15, there's the word afflicted. In verse 16, there's the word trouble. In verse 17, there's the word hatred. In verse 18, there's the word strife. And in verse 22, uh, there's the word disappointed. These are all synonyms of stress or tension. When you think about sorrow, afflicted, trouble, hatred, strife, and disappointed, um, a lot of times uh, we think about our society today. Or sometimes we may even think about our own life. I, I was reading different things, and one illustration book said it like this. A guitar string can snap if it is too tight. A balloon seems fine, but then we decide to put a little bit more air in it, and what does it do? It pops. I remember I, I, was, I, I was probably six, seven years old. I was just a little bitty feller. And uh, where I grew up, up, up at, right down the road, was a place called Holler's Grocery. And uh, it's kind of like Oak Grove Market. It reminds you a lot of Oak Grove Market. And they had an old air hose outside. And I remember a boy came in one day, and uh, his daddy brought him there, and he had a, he had a bicycle tire. Uh, and he got it off the, the truck, and he walked over there, and he put the air in it, and then he pushed on it. And whenever he pushed on it, I thought, man, that thing looks like it's full. And he took that, that, that air hose and hit it one more time. And whenever he did, it sounded like a cannon going off. And what happened? The tube inside of it busted. Why? Because there was too much pressure put in it. Now, if we're not careful today, uh, a lot of times that's the way our lives will become. And when our lives become so stressful and has so much tension in it and it gets to that breaking point so many times you bring that to the house and that's where the breaking point is at and it ends up causing stress it ends up causing tension it ends up causing hatred inside the house and it leads from being a home and comes back to nothing more than a house now I understand that there's times that you just need to sit down and scream or you just need to sit down and holler or you just need to punch somebody. Make sure it's the right one or get you a punching bag. There is those times that we do get all worked up and we have to let that out. But if we're not careful, we'll let every bit of that out inside of our home and our children will know nothing but a home of stress and tension. Our children will know nothing but a home of stress and, uh, and tension. Uh, I believe that we could all say this. I believe we could all say that we're living in a stressful society. We're living in a society that's full of tension. We're in a society you had to be there two minutes ago. Everybody's in a rush. You rush to get to work. You rush to go to lunch. You rush to get off of work. You rush to get a kid. You rush to get a kid to this ball game. You rush to get this one to this ball game and this one to the band practice and this and to this. And then you come rushing home at 10 o'clock at night, rush them to bed and rush them back out the next day. And it's just a life of haywire. It's a life of hell. I remember as a boy growing up going to the neighbor's house and sitting on the front porch in the evening. You say, are you that old? Well, I guess I'm that old, but I do remember that simple of a life. I remember just sitting around at the house talking about what happened throughout the day. I remember Dad building a fire and sitting outside roasting marshmallows. What has happened to our life? We have become so stressed in our life 
that we don't understand the simple things of life anymore. We don't understand the simple things of life anymore. We used to say this, and I still say this a lot. You that, that talk to me much will hear, remember me saying this. We used to say, man, it's a jungle out there. But you know, so many times people have to say it's a jungle in here. Talking about their own home anymore. There's so much stress and there's so much tension. Stress in a home, I read this today, stress in a home is like sand to machinery. And a marriage which should be smooth and efficient instead becomes slowly grinding away. Slowly grinding away. Let me tell you what stress will do to you. It'll keep Stress will kill you. I, I remember several years ago, and Miss Vicky remembers that day when um, I, I started having chest pains, and um, they done a twelve lead on me and said you need to go to the hospital. And I said I ain't going to the hospital. And I come back to the church in just a little while. Miss Vicky was here that day. I said I think I'm gonna go to the hospital. And I went to the hospital and they run tests and they, they took seven gallons of blood out of me and kept me overnight. The doctor came in the next Sunday morning and I looked at him. It's about 7.30 and I said, look, Hoss, I said, I'm fixing to leave. And he said, well, you might need to stay another night. And I said, you don't understand what I'm saying. I'm fixing to leave. And I said, now you give me your diagnosis. I said, I've got to get to church. We're having homecoming this Sunday morning. And here's was his exact words. If you don't learn how to deal with stress, son, you're going to die an early age. That's what he told me. So you know what I've done? I started running. And I think I'm going to die because of running. No, I'm just speaking. He said, you need to find an outlet to stress. You need to find an outlet to stress. Now, some of y'all are looking at me real funny tonight, but if you listen to what I'm fixing to say, you better find an outlet to that stress that you're dealing with and that tension that you're dealing with because it's not just going to affect you, it's going to affect your spouse. And it's just not going to affect your spouse, it's going to affect your home. And it's just not going to affect your home, it's going to affect your spiritual life. And before you know it, you're going to be so loaded with stress that you don't have a home no more, and that you don't have a house no more, and that you don't have a spouse no more. Learning how to deal with stress. So preacher, how, how can I relieve stress and tension in my home? I... I I want to be real cautious saying this, but, but say it at the same time. I've been to some, uh, uh, let me back up. I've been to some houses and sat down and visited, and, and it was just chaos. It was just total chaos. There was tension in the home. There was stress. It was just total chaos. And then I've been to some homes and sat down inside those homes for three or four hours. And whenever you left, you left with a lighter load than you went with. Why? Because the stress and the tension was right in the home. Everybody, every adult sitting here, and even young people, face stress and tension. But how can you relieve that in your home? How can your home be made better? I'll show you two or four things tonight. I'll give you the other two Sunday night. That's very simple, but very true. Number one tonight, are you ready for it? It's deep. Number one, you need to learn to laugh the scripture talks about you need to learn to laugh Dr. Billy Goolsby is a preacher out of Georgia matter of fact his church is about 20 minutes from Brother John Dorsey's church Brother Goolsby I don't know if any of y'all has ever heard of him but Brother Goolsby used to preach for us a lot Brother Goolsby every time before he would preach every time I've ever heard him preach it didn't matter if it was 10 miles high and people were shouting or if it was 10 miles deep in conviction and people in the altar, or if it was dead on the doornail, before he preached, he would always tell a joke. 
And at the, some of times, those are the most corny jokes you've ever heard, but you would laugh because of him laughing at his own joke. Y'all ever met anybody like that? Because of him laughing at his own joke. And he would always say this, and I'm going to refer to this verse in just a second. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. You need to learn to laugh. Life is too short. You ever, you ever met somebody that looks like they're constantly eating a can of persimmons? Man, I'm telling you. Daddy used to say, if your face, you just think about if your face froze like that. I think that happened to some people. Y'all with me? Man, you can say all kinds of things, and they just, they don't understand the concept of happiness. You need to learn to laugh, man. You want to relieve stress. I'm going to give you some proven facts here in just a minute about stress and about laughing. Look at verse 13 of chapter 15. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Look in verse 15. All the days of the afflicted are evil. But he that is, he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Go to chapter 17, just one page over. Chapter 17, look at verse number 2. Verse number 22 says this, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. That's the Bible. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. You ever, you ever just been at that breaking point, that guitar string, you, 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 you're tuning it, and it gets to that point, Brother Jonathan, from what I can read, that that's all it's got. And if you turn it the least bit further, it's going to break. It's going to break. It's going to be over with. A lot of people, that's where they're at right now. If they don't learn how to turn it the opposite way, they're fixing to break. Now, I'm going to say this. And don't get upset with me. They, they really ought to be a whole lot more preaching on it because you can see it three different times throughout the Bible. But a lot of times that's what happens at suicide. They get to that point and they break. They break. You said, preacher, how can I keep from getting to that point? Learn to laugh. You ever just been to that point where you thought, I'm just going to scream. And something happens. Your kids do something hysterical and you find yourself laughing. And after a good 45-second laugh, you just feel like the world's been lifted off your chest. Learn to laugh. The Scriptures tells us it doeth good like a medicine. It doeth good like a medicine. He said this in the latter portion, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. I studied on that. So what is a broken spirit? The spirit of a man is the wellspring of life. And when the spirit is broken... It means you have lost your zeal for, your, for life, your enthusiasm, and you are tempted to simply give up. You're tempted to simply give up. It's not an accident that in the same verse that God said, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, He also deals with a broken spirit. He deals with a broken spirit. She said, preacher, how can my life be lesser? Learn to laugh. Laughter is a gift from God. It's a gift from God that's been given to us to release tension and to keep our spirit from being broken in a sin-cursed earth. 
medical science, I read this, medical science has proven that when you laugh, chemicals and enzymes are released into the brain which are uh, extremely important for the health of vital organs. Listen to this part of an article that was in a magazine and called, it was called Executive Digest. Scientists have been studying the effects of laughter on a human being and have found among, men, among other things that laughter has a profound and, uh, uh, effort on, on virtually, I'm sorry, on virtually every important organ in the human body. Laughter reduces unhealthy tension and relaxes the tissue as well as exercising the most vital organs. Laughter, even when forced, resorts in beneficial effects on us, both mentally and physically. So the next time you feel nervous and jittery, indulge in a good laugh. Just indulge in a good laugh. So preacher, you've lost your mind. You're trying. You're trying. You're just start laughing. You said there ain't nothing to laugh about. There's plenty to laugh about. Look in the mirror. <laughs> That's all I've got to do. Look in the mirror. I, 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 I thought about this. I, I, I really did. I really don't think, I really don't think that I could make it in the ministry if my home wasn't a fun place to be. I mean that. I don't think I could make it in the ministry. You say, Why? Because a lot of times when I deal with people, it's when they're at their worst point. If something goes vastly wrong, who's the first person that's called? The preacher. And it's not just the church, but it's other people also. It's it, uh, for some reason anymore, and, and I don't understand this because I'm a novice when it comes to, to, to pastor. I don't know nothing about it. But so many times now, matter of fact, one of my heroes called me the other day, and he said, I need to know how to deal with this. I don't know how to deal with it. And I thought, man, I call you to figure out how to deal with that. Why are you calling me? I didn't tell him that. I give him some scripture. But I really don't think I could. I think I would go crazy, Brother Stan, in the ministry. Um, and again, it's not just people inside the church, but it's people outside. Uh, public officials in our county. I mean, it's a weekly thing that they call me and talk to me about different problems. You said, Preacher, what do you say? I'm glad that when I go home, because that's what we're centering on, when I go home, it's a fun place to be. I don't think, man, I got to go home. Is there somewhere else I can go before I go home? Can I just kill another 15 minutes before I go home? If that's your attitude about going home, something's wrong down at your house. Something's wrong. I look forward to going to the house. I look forward to walking through the door and hearing my children. I look forward to walking through the door and seeing my wife. Our homes should be right. Preacher, how can I cultivate that, that, that happiness? Learn to laugh a little bit. Learn to laugh a little bit. I really believe Leslie will vouch for this. As I really believe this, and I didn't ask her this, so if she don't after service, don't nobody tell me she didn't. But 99% of the time, our home is a place of laughter. Our home is a place of laughter. I can, anybody ever wake up in a bad mood? Boy, some of y'all looking at me right now. Y'all did today. Y'all did today. Ever wake up? I think Keith just got smacked because he poked 
Morgan right then. And that was not wise, son. How to cultivate happiness in your home. Don't poke your wife when the preacher says, did somebody wake up on the wrong side of the bed? <laughs> Every once in a while you wake up, and you just wake up ill. Y'all, You just wake up mad. And, and you can get up and you can start your day. But you know, when my girls get up, it usually ain't 10 or 15 minutes out there after they're out of the bed. One of them's laughing about something. One, it's usually something that Victoria is doing. <laughs> or something she says. She thinks she's 13 like Madeline. And it's usually something she's doing or she's saying. Or, or you'll say something to her and she'll just come back with this 25-year-old person answer. It's, pretty, it's laughter. It's 99%. I'm not saying my home's a perfect home. And I'm not saying that there's absolutely zero tension and stress in our home. Everybody has a little bit. Everybody has a little bit. But I can say, and I believe Leslie will vouch for this, the biggest part of the time around our house, it's filled with laughter. It's filled with laughter. But you say, preacher, what can I do? Learn to laugh a little bit. Learn to laugh. It's okay to laugh every once in a while. I'm going to say this along with that. It's all right to cry every once in a while, too. You don't always have to be a superhero. Everybody all right right there? It's all right to cry every once in a while. Three things you ought to give your children. You ought to give them life. That's dealing with the life that we get in Christ. They're already alive if they're your children. You ought to try your best to give them life, get them to Christ. So their soul will be quickened. Amen. You ought to give them life. You ought to give them love. But you ought to give them laughter. It's all right every once in a while to get in the floor and have a good time with your kids. Give them laughter. Three rules you ought to have in your home. Be fair, be firm, but be fun. Learn to laugh. Number one, how to relieve stress and tension in your home. Number one, learn to laugh. Number two, I'll say this to you. Preach, how can I relieve stress in my home? Number two, cultivate contentment. Cultivate contentment. Contentment is something a lot of people knows nothing about. They're absolute. Now, let's be real honest. Every one of us sitting here can think of something we would like to have. I mean, Miss Jasmine, it, it, she's thinking right now in her mind, man, I sure would like to have a brand new Tahoe. We can all, Brother Chris is thinking, I sure would like to have a truck. We can all think of something in our mind that we we would like to have. We would like to have. I'll be the first to admit, I'd like to have a boat that runs 75 miles an hour, Brother Tim. I mean, I could get places a whole lot quicker fishing. I don't know if anybody won't ride with me, but I could get there. Josh Jenkins was praying like crazy the other day when we come across the lake, and it got choppy and got the chine walking, and I didn't back out of it. We can all think about something. There's nothing wrong with dreaming a little bit. Are you with me right there? But you better learn to be content. To be content. Look at verse number 16 of our text. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Better is little. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure. Look at verse 17. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. 
You know what he's simply saying right there? I just soon to have a vegetable plate with love than a filet mignon with hatred. That's what he's saying. He, you know what he's saying right there? He's teaching this. He's teaching contentment. He's teaching contentment. I, I've said this a million times. Some people would be a millionaire if they just learned to eat at the house. I'd like to have what some people spend on eating out. Oh, what he's saying is be content. Be content. I read this in illustration. A dad pulls up to a little frame house in an old car. The kids run to meet him. As they get to him, they smell the aroma of fried chicken and okra. No tablecloth, just placemats, no china, just mis mismatched dishes. Some chips, then some stainless steel silverware, paper napkins. The dad reaches out, and they all hold hands, and he thanks God for their love, for their food, and for their wonderful home. Then he says, let's dig in. Not in a dining room, just in a kitchen by a little old table with not even matching chairs. But it rings with laughter. They tell about their day. The son tells about the home run that he hits. The daughter tells about the dog that chewed up the hair on her baby doll, Mom. You say, man, that sounds like a boring life. Or... There's a man that pulls up to a mansion with the white columns out front. Dad pulls up in a BMW, kicks the cat out of the way. No one comes to meet him. They're all in their rooms watching their private TVs, playing on their Xboxes and Nintendos. They take time to eat in a, at a long formal dining room with shine and crystal and cloth and servants brings out their appetizers, then their soups, then their salads, and then the roast is brought out. Dad eats as fast as he can, preoccupied thinking about the work. Mom has a face like a hatchet. She just knows he's messing around with the secretary at work. The teenagers are rebellious, and the only thing they say is something sarcastic. So I asked you a simple question. Which one had the best dinner? It was the old country boy that just pulled up to his house in an old beat-up car that sat down with his family and held hands. The Scripture says, listen to me, all the days of afflicted are evil, but he that is a merry heart hath a continual feast. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. And trouble therewith. Learn to be content. Learn to be content. If you want a happy home, you have to cultivate contentment. Live within your means. Financial stress will kill the spirit of a home. So many young couples, and I, I tell young couples this before they get married, don't try to have what mom and daddy's got. Because mom and daddy's probably been married about 40 years and worked their whole life to have what they have. So many young people go out and they've got good credit and they go out and they get a new car and he gets a new truck and they go buy a new home. And then they have to work six jobs and they never see each other and they wonder why their home never made it and why six months later they're going through a divorce. Learn to live in your meat. Learn to live in your meat. There's nothing wrong with enjoying life, but learn to live in your meat. Learn to live in your meat. says this, don't ever get on a treadmill of materialism. It doesn't take you anywhere. 
if only we had a bigger, nicer house or a newer car. Don't say nothing about being happy with what we've got now. It's just always, is it bigger? Could I have this? Listen to what Philippians said in chapter 4, verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am in, therewith can be to, to be content. First Timothy 6, 8 says, And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. He goes on to say, For he hath said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Some people say, Well, preacher, we just haven't got the money to do nothing. But they bought 17 things that week that they didn't have to have, and they beat out seven of the eight meals that they beat that week. Learn to be with, content with what you have. Learn to be content with what you have. I thought about this. Today, Leslie and I, today's not our anniversary. We've been married um, right at 18 years. And, and I got to thinking today. Uh, Leslie and I was talking the other day about the Lord, the way the Lord had blessed us. And we've got a beautiful home. The Lord's blessed us with a beautiful home. And, and uh, He's blessed us with nice vehicles and, and uh, dependable vehicles. The Lord's really been good to us. He has really been good to us. So don't take what I'm fixing to say the wrong way. I am thankful for what God has given us. I'm very thankful for it. But I got to thinking today. Leslie and I got married. And when Leslie and I got married, uh, we moved in to two-bedroom, one-bath, old farmhouse. And, and to go to the bathroom, and, and you that's ever been around the old farmhouse, you had to go through the living room, and you had to go through the kitchen to get to the bathroom. And it was on the a porch that they had covered in and put a bathroom on. So you had to go through to get there. And I got to thinking about that today, which later on the Lord let us build on to it. But when we first got married, that's what we moved into. And uh, a lot of our stuff was hand-me-downs. It was stuff that people had given us. And Leslie had an, a, an older grand-dam GT. I don't even know if y'all remember what them are. Some of y'all will. She had an older white grand-dam GT. And I had an old Ford Ranger. It was faded out blue and had a primered hood on. And it didn't run half the time. Half the time I'd start homing the thing and it would break down somewhere on Mount Bethel Church Road and I'd call Leslie and I had an old four-wheeler and she'd go out there and get on that old four-wheeler and drive it down the road. We lived right in there around all of her family. She couldn't, she hated that truck. She hated it. She'd drive down the road on that old four-wheeler with a chain on the back of it and I'd hook it to that old Ford truck and she'd pull me back to the house. We'd pull out, I'd blow the horn. I had an ooga horn on it. <laughs> I'd go, y'all know what I'm talking about. I'd blow that horn and wave at the neighbors as we went by. And Leslie would be hollering, quit blowing the horn, everybody's going to see us. It was just a normal parade once or twice a week to see Jonathan going down the road and that old Ford truck with Leslie pulling it. We'd get to the house and you could let it set two or three hours and it'd fire back up and it'd run good for three or four days. And I got to thinking about that. You know, today we live in a beautiful home. I've got a beautiful, dependable Ford truck now. <laughs> She's got a, a, a beautiful van that's nice. Got a little old car where I beat around in. You say, why you got that? Because I didn't want to put a bunch of miles on the truck. It's too nice to drive every day. Rodney said, you'll drive that thing. I said, I do some. I haul the trash off in it. But I, I got to thinking about that. And, 
And I, I've, I've fished my whole life. I love to fish. And last year, the Lord let me buy a bass boat. And I got to thinking about all of it, Brother Tim, today. I sat back there in the office, and I got to thinking about it. Now, I'm thankful. Don't take what I'm saying on I am thankful for what the Lord has blessed me with. I'm very thankful. I remember a time in our marriage where we didn't know where the groceries was coming from the next week. I'm just, I'm not, I don't have a sad story to tell. I'm just being honest with you. I remember getting in the car, leaving to go on mission trips or go preach somewhere and wonder how you was going to get the next tank of gas to get back home. I'm thankful for what we have. But I can honestly say, and I asked Leslie about this today, I'm no happier today than I was then. I'm no happier today. I'm thankful for what I got, Brother Brian. I really am. But you know, Miss Jackie, I can honestly say, I'm no happier today than I was then. Man, you don't talk about good times. You take Miss Leslie and put her on a four-wheeler and make her pull a junk Ford truck down the road. You don't talk about laughter, man. I was laughing and the community was laughing. You don't talk about tension, man. Leslie had a lot of tension during that time. But I look back on it and, and I remember her grandpa got us an old swing and we hung it on the front porch of that house. Matter of fact, it's still hanging on it today. And we'd go out there when Madeline was just a baby. Man didn't have hardly nothing. And would sit on that porch swing and would swing. I remember Madeline was jaundice and we had to leave her in the sun. She had to have those lights put on her. We'd take her out in the sun the days when it was hot and let her sit out there in the sun. And we'd sit in that old porch swing and old Luke, he'd run around. Some of y'all got to meet old Luke. He was saved. He was a good dog. He's in heaven. Right? But he would run around. And broke Chris, it was just a simple life. And I can honestly say today, having what we have, and I am very thankful for it. Please don't know what I'm saying. But, but Brother Andrew, I'm no happier today than I was then. You say, Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Happiness is not in material. That's not what happiness is in. Let me tell you what materialism will do. It will make you miserable. It will because you're never satisfied with what you've got. You're never satisfied. So you say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm simply saying this. Create and cultivate contentment in your home. Let me tell you the reason kids are always wanting more. Because a lot of times the parents is always wanting more. I said it last Sunday night. I said it last Sunday night. Or Wednesday night. Kids imitate what they see. Learn to create contentment. He deals with it. Look at verse 16. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. I know a man tonight, and I would never call his name. I know a man tonight. Miss Tanya, if you will, come to start playing softly. I know a man tonight that is probably a millionaire. He wants for absolutely nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Has not got a want. Has anything that he wants. He go get anything he wants. And I can honestly say he is the most miserable man I know. He's the most miserable man I know. Materialism does not make you happy. Let me tell you what makes you happy. A man named Jesus. 
And having him in the center of your house will make it a home. And it'll cultivate contentment. Here's what one writer said. Many have to keep up with the Joneses. They buy things they don't need with money they don't have to impress people they don't like. That's, that's the best I've ever heard of put. Let me read it to you again. Many have to keep up with the Joneses. They buy things they don't need with money they don't have to impress people they don't like. Contentment. Contentment. So preacher, I want to live a life of less stress. Learn to laugh. Learn to laugh. I showed it to you from the scripture. Cultivate contentment in your home. Your home ought to be a place of laughter. It ought to not be a place of tension. Brother Doug and Miss Helen sitting back there. You can walk in their home, and it's one of the most peaceful places you've ever been. I'm telling you, it's just peaceful. It's just peaceful. You can walk over to the refrigerator, get you some milk, pour it in a cup, cut you a piece of pound cake, sit down at the table and eat it. The kids can get all jacked up on Starburst and jelly beans. And then the peace is gone. No, I'm just kidding. But you can sit down in their home and it's so peaceful. And I'm not putting them on a pedestal above anybody else. I've been in a lot of homes of people that's here. And it's peaceful in that home. Let me tell you the reason why they've learned contentment. They've learned contentment. They know how to laugh. They know how to laugh. I've been over there when all their family's been there and laughing and cutting up. Ain't nobody talking about, well, I wish I had this or I wish I had. Just learn to laugh and learn to be content. That's the scripture. Can I ask you something we're going home? How long has it been since you just had a good laugh? Since you just had a good laugh. I'm telling you, it'll help you. It'll help you. I had one the other day. Mater was standing behind me, and I went to set the hook on a fish and caught him across the face right there with a ducket rod, Brother Tim. Knocked him plumb down that quick. I mean, it was whap, boom. He was laying on the ground, squalling. I said, man, you're putting on. I was about to die laughing. He stood up, and I said, he'd be cutting on the side of his face. And, and I quit laughing for just a second. I said, are you all right? I reckon I'm all right. And then I went back to laughing. Learn to laugh, man. There's enough in life to cry about. There's enough in life and create contentment. Don't get on the treadmill of materialism. It'll kill you home. It'll kill you home. Father, as we stand tonight all over the congregation, Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd take our feeble efforts. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd bless them tonight, God. Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd speak to the hearts of the hearers.